You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. This podcast is sponsored by Gong. Gong empowers your entire go-to-market organization by operationalizing your most valuable asset, your customer interactions. Transform your organization into a revenue machine by unlocking reality and helping your people reach their full potential. Get started now at gong.io. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with Dave Sherry, Senior Manager, Business Development and Sales EMEA at Gong. How are you today, Dave? Very well, Aurélien. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Very, very good. So today we'll be speaking about managing sales development talents. But before we get going, it would be lovely if you could give us an introduction to yourself. Sure. I don't know if you need to introduce Gong, <laughs> but... You know, by all means, if someone's been living under a rock for the last uh, for the last five years, you, you may as well speak about maybe not about Gong, but maybe what's new at Gong. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think uh, Gong does a really good job of getting its name out there as well. So, uh, look, a, a little bit about me. Um, been working in tech sales for nine years. Started off with a, in marketing technology, working for a company called AdRoll. Uh, started as a sales development rep there. Moved into an account executive role. Um, after four years of working there and working with a kind of trailblazing product in a new category. And so uh, joined a company called Amplitude at a very early stage in Europe and um, over in Amsterdam. Worked as an enterprise account executive there before moving into uh, a sales development management role. Did that for around two and a half years. And then I, I don't know if you can say the peak of COVID because we've had so many peaks. Um, in the middle of 2020, uh, I decided to uh, finish up with Amplitude and go all in on, on kind of working as a freelance consultant, helping early stage SaaS companies in Europe uh, build out sales processes. So founder-led sales or early stage sales teams uh, decide on sales frameworks, methodologies, and what tools to use and so on. So love that. Did that for around 18 months. And then I definitely wanted to be part of a team again. And so the opportunity presented itself to one, move back to Ireland where I'm from, from Amsterdam, and, and, and secondly, to, to join a great company like Gong. So um, yeah, I'd used, I'd heard of Gong. I think everyone's heard of Gong, but I'd used it as a power user. And I thought I was using it to its full capability until I joined the company and realized that I was kind of only scratching the surface. But yeah, I've been with the company now since November of last year, so 2021, and I manage the sales development team. Um, we are now a team of 10 strong, getting to 17 by the end of the year. I think a lot of people will instantly think of, you know, LinkedIn posts, funny LinkedIn posts, uh, people working at Gong, uh, posting on LinkedIn, and they will instantly think of recording on calls. Yes, that is a part of what we do. Um, but now we are developing the product naturally into other areas where we're seeing um, some some very exciting things happening. The most recent being our, our uh, launch of forecasting, where uh, companies can now actually uh, leverage the power of Gong to identify what deals in their pipeline are real, are re, uh, real based on reality-based insights. So what is actually going to close versus what is just a rep saying is going to close. And so that is a whole new kind of exciting territory that we've recently um, launched in and uh, based on initial results and feedback, it's, it's going really, really well. So 
yeah, I love working at Gong. There's, there's a lot happening. I love the world of sales development and no doubt that we're going to touch on some of those areas today. That sounds great. Well, Gong is in fact one of the, the, the sponsors of the podcast. So thank you so much for that, guys, for supporting us. And yeah, I'd like the, the, the new functionality will definitely be welcomed by sales directors. Sure. Making sure they've got that, uh, that rich pipeline in place. So Dave, you, you've been managing a lot of SDR teams and some of, some of the people you know would be good. Some of them will be bad. When you are recruiting, when you are trying to get the talent in, what, what sort of skills or core competencies or values are you looking at getting from this individual? What, what, what is it that you are looking for? Sure. And maybe you can speak about what's number one priority and the nice to have as well. Sure. It would be great to have your opinion on that. So I might start by defining the two types of kind of profiles I would look at. And then within those profiles, once we kind of connect, what are the key consistent characteristics I would look for across these two profile types that I consider like my non-negotiables mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to, to hiring? So firstly, the two profile types, uh, let's call it profile one and profile two, very creative. And um, profile one is typically someone who, yes, who is, who is a lot greener in their career. It's someone who you know, hasn't gotten an SDR role yet with a company, but uh, they've gone, you know, perhaps maybe they've gone to a good university or perhaps they've gone and, you know, if they, it's okay if they haven't gone to a good university, but you can clearly see from their LinkedIn profile or their CV or resume that they have tried something entrepreneurial. They've tried something themselves to create something themselves and they've shown entrepreneurial traits um, and that they're showing curiosity towards the world of sales. So there's a lot of certifications you can get now to develop your learning of, of, of the world of SDR. You know, HubSpot of certifications, um, LinkedIn, have LinkedIn learnings and so on. You want to make sure that there's someone who is showing interest in that field. So someone who is, at, we're ultimately trying to find like a, a superstar before they're a superstar. Uh, the next profile too is someone who uh, has a bit more uh, relatable functional experience working as an SDR and ideally in in a company where you're pretty confident that that they've gone through some great trainings. So they're quite polished. So one of the larger tech companies, for example, however, the the, the, the potential to actually get promoted within these companies is quite long. It might be a, a two to three year play. And so we ultimately want to find someone who, who wants to grow their career fast, but knows that in one of these larger companies where they're having great training and they're very polished, that it's going to take a lot of time. So we want to try and find someone there to bring in. So they're the two type of profile types I would, I would go after. And LinkedIn is obviously a big focus for that. And we have a, a, a naturally, we have a recruiting team and a sourcing team that, uh, that goes out there. So the field to try and get in touch with people and but also i get involved as the hiring manager and um you know uh sometimes it can it can pack a bigger punch if we see a great candidate if they're getting hit up by a, a recruiter but then me as the hiring manager saying hey no we really want to speak with you it doesn't always work you no know? some people tell me to go away but absolutely i think we all work in sales right so they're the profile types. Then we look at the characteristics. I have three kind of primary characteristics that I would look for. And then I'd have kind of two secondary ones. The three primary ones are first, urgent curiosity. So like people who are just like, they're like undeniably curious and they, uh, and when it comes to the time of me meeting them, they've researched the hell out of not only Gong, but the space we operate, the industry. And then they've researched me, they've researched the individuals they're interviewing with, but they have like this authentic and urgent curiosity to understand the why behind everything. And so that's the key thing that I would look for. Secondly is coachability. Naturally, you want to um, bring on someone who can, you know, absorb and, and be willing to take on the feedback you, you give and apply it. I think this is a really important one because it, it depends on the context of the product you're selling. 
Gong is arguably not as technical a product as, you know, maybe something that is suitable for data scientists or something that is you know, related to the world of databases and so on. And I think it's important for whatever SDR is interviewing for whatever type of product that they can grasp that product and being able to be, you know, coachable on that product. So I will deliberately give things in an interview in the hope that the SDR will give it back to me later on in the conversation. And then thirdly is um, just an undeniable you know, uh, objective to be actually held accountable to a number. So someone who wants to their work to be impactful and to be held accountable to that number. So someone who wants to be measured, someone who has, is, 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 yeah, wants to know that if they're successful, their team and business is successful. And also someone who takes on the responsibility that if they're unsuccessful, the team hurts, the business hurts. So there are the three things and the three primary things. And then the secondary things, and I'll finish up with this is like, yeah, resilience, you know, grit. You just want to make sure that sales is, is tough, especially right now. You know, you need to get through 50 no's. And you know, sometimes it's not just a no. Sometimes it's a, hey, piss off. You know, like yeah. I, you need to get through that to get to the yes. And yeah. for, for a lot of people who had a lot of success in their, you know, in their time in education or early stages of their career, sales can be a smack in the face. And so resilience is key thing. And then the, 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 the second secondary one is just, yeah, team player, someone who's just not a lone wolf, someone who is willing to go the extra yard so someone else can be successful in the team. And it's that for me as a manager, that's just critical as we go through this team building phase. I agree with you, Dave. The, through those five kind of characteristic traits of, you know, uh, inner things that they, is engraved in, the, in the, the person, which one do you think can be transferred through training and mentoring and, and which one do you think you know is, is basically the way you've been brought up so for example curiosity is that something that you can develop in someone accountability is that someone that you can develop into someone resilience uh, team player i mean all, all those things do you think there are things that if you've got it missing at the interview process but they are good on the other four you would still take the person and try to develop or do you think these are characteristics that you individual have or just don't have yeah no it's 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 a great question um i do think like a lot of those things are are soft skills right and and i think a lot of them are 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 naturally innate in a lot of people um i think naturally like not everyone that we would like you know hire or interview or, or feel good about has like an equal spread across those characteristics and if we feel, you know, you know, when we debrief as an interview panel and we talk about these key areas, if we see that someone is like very strong and kind of curiosity, but, and they're very like, you know, they're a team player and they have, uh, you know, they really want to be measured and so on, but they're just not coachable at all. Like that's, that's a big red flag because it's going to create a challenge both for the, for the rep, for the leader and so on. And so I think a lot of these things that I've mentioned there, they're not the easiest thing to, to, to coach and train and so on. So I would argue that probably, no, these are the things that we would need in, in the individual as kind of true characteristics, because if we can take care of if those, if those individual, if that individual is, 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 is good in those key areas, then any kind of future training or any kind of coaching um, or any kind of transferable of any kind of skills, I'm very confident they'll be able to absorb and apply very, very well. Okay. So yeah, I, I you know what, Dave, this is, uh, this is music to my ears because we, we kind of thought about that and I've had people in my team, you know, you know, when you've got a manager that is really keen and say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to train that people to that person to become coachable. Uh, I'm going to train that person to be a bit more curious. I think you just can't. This is not transferable. It's, it's the way you've been brought up. Is I, I don't know what sort of chemical you need to have in your body, but you either curious or you're not curious. People who are forcing themselves to be curious will be curious for a week and then they go back to not being that curious after. 
So I completely agree with you. In fact, one one thing that was added uh, to that to that list, and I was quite surprised about, is natural introverts or organic introverts, and that's the conversation that we had with with one of uh, one of our previous guests on the podcast. Where what they were saying, they were saying we're looking for people who are quite introvert because they listen better, and usually the introverts are slightly more curious than the extroverts because sure. they will want to ask you more questions. They will really want to understand. They will have a little bit more of emotional intelligence, which again, is like the, the, on the soft skill type of things, probably not the must have, but nice to have. But I guess but to, for, for our audience, because we probably have a lot of people who are BDRs and they will listen to that and say, oh my God, you know, am I curious enough? Am I good mm. enough? Am I a good team player? And hopefully they can, you know, make a little effort there and then. But for the SDR managers, what I'd like to speak about is the techniques that you use to kind of go through that in the interview process. So you mentioned about the curiosity. You've got someone coming, they've done their research, they know who Dave is, they know uh, who Gong is. Uh, when you uh, you finish the interview and say, do you have questions for me? They say, yes, actually, let me take my piece of paper. I've got plenty of questions for you. They really want to know what the job is about. And it's probably the people that did try to interview you versus you interviewing them. So, so that's the curious. Now, how do you do coachable? So first and foremost, um, I think for any kind of change, for, for any kind of change to happen, there needs to be acknowledgement that something is not going well it needs to change so um i would firstly start off with a question on okay can you help me understand an objective that you set out for yourself like it was if it was a project or something you wanted to do but you failed in achieving it so you firstly want to see are they like humble enough to accept that they failed what went wrong so that there it shows this kind of self-awareness that they're not doing something that they didn't do something Okay. And you have you have the people also that uh, because you're touching on two things now we're getting borderline accountability. Yeah. I've been asking that question in interview and people are like, mm, the last time I failed, mm, red flag, red flag. <laughs> I fail every day, so how can you yeah. not fail every day? It must be like some small failure. Absolutely, exactly. So I would just ask, okay, so uh, a failure. So that, that's a really important piece. And then the second piece is uh, okay. So on the topic of things not going so well, can you provide me with an example where? you've received some form of constructive feedback from a, a manager, a fellow colleague about something that you didn't do so well. And then I would ask some follow-up questions to it. One, how did that feel getting that feedback? Uh, two, uh, what did you do as a result of getting it? And three, what was the result of doing? I'm sorry, and I, I might just even say, like, what did you do once you got the feedback? So I don't want to lead them into, oh, I applied it and, you know, I got this result. I want them to get there on their own. So that coachability piece is, is, is critical. And if I feel I haven't gotten, if I'm interviewing someone who is at the very early stage of their career and they haven't got so much feedback from like managers and so on, there should be a time when they've received some sort of feedback, whether it's from, you know, a family member about doing something or whether it's sports, like there is feedback happening. Happening. And I think it's a concern to me if someone has issues kind of giving a solid examples on that, because I really want folks to be coming into Gong to realize like, hey, I'm trying all these things. I really need to make sure if I'm doing a good job or not. And can you give me some feedback? I, I, I think I think those individuals who come in and will just do work and wait for the feedback to come miss out on a great opportunity. And so that question gets to the coachability side of things. And you mentioned some things. So coming back to your two characteristics, what we found very successful for us is people with a sporting background. Okay? So people who have worked ideally in a team, you would have some individual, but then you may find a lone wolf. So if you've got someone who's really good at martial art or I don't know, playing tennis and things like that. You may have a bit of a lone wolf. So someone who is really, you know, themselves and they are really good on their own and they may be less of a team player. But people who've done rugby, football, 
Uh, and then you look at their position on the pitch. You know, what were they doing on the pitch? You know, if you find number 10, some sort of person that kind of organize the things and people say, well, you know what? I was the captain of my team. Mm. So yeah, you've got all those things that can be like, oh, this, I remember those things being like little plus one yes. uh, that we are looking for because you've got team player. You probably have resilience. These are people that were told one day, you know what? You're going to be benched because yes. your attitude was not right or because you didn't play well. So they had to take it. They had to take it in front of the group. And that's kind of probably building a little bit of something inside them. But I think there is also the accountability and part of a team. So, so sporting background is a good one. And for resilience, I remember my uh, every single interview, closing it, it's a very old school trick that I was told by uh, by, by someone at Lone Cells in the, in the 80s, you know, the, the people who used to sell printers and stuff like that. Yeah. And you go to the end of the interview and say, Dave, you know what? On the personal level, I really get on with you. I think you are a great guy, but I'm 50-50. I don't think you've got what it takes. So not sure if I'm gonna make a decision to take you on. And then really? you might draw and see what happened. And yeah. if they pack their bag and go, you're gonna oh you want to push the table, break the walls, punch something because they were really good, but technically they're not resilient. And what yeah. you want at that stage, someone say, Are you mad? Yeah. yeah. I know. Take me. Leaving that office before you take me and they are fighting for it. And if they say that, you know, you start on Monday. That's fantastic. <laughs> Love so, that. Yes. I, might, I, I might trial that out. Um, yeah. On the topic of leadership, so, so that's the topic of kind of, you know, getting the people in. Um, and we agree that some of the skills, in fact, most of them, you can't really teach them. You know, these are skills that are, they need, they need to be inner things that you, you are or you do, uh, things that made you. When you want to progress those people, you know, when you want to take them to the next stage, are you looking for additional skills, additional traits or, or behavior for them to progress within your team? Because, it's all good to be a fantastic SDR, BDR, but taking on responsibility to manage more can be difficult. And then moving to an AE is even, again, more difficult. And then enterprise AE and potentially becoming a leader of enterprise people is kind of the journey that people want to take because that's what we are told, okay? It's like, oh, if you're a boy, you should play with little cars. If you're a girl, you should play with a doll. You know, it's kind of the thing that you are told, so you've got to... Go with the kid. But I don't think that everybody can progress. And actually, some people are really good at one role and, and it takes time to progress to the next one. What are your thoughts on, on developing those talents? And yeah. what do you think you need to have on top of the course, the five core skills you, you, you mentioned to go yeah. to the next stage and progress within your team? Absolutely. And it's a very relatable uh, conversation to the context of Gong in Europe at the moment. You know, everyone on my and, and the SDR team is, is with the company less than eight months. Okay. And so we're now looking at the, the progression paths and so on. I think in my experience, managing SDR teams, like from the best days and worst days for me are when someone moves into another role, because I'm like, like, it's like a graduation. I'm like, brilliant. But it's also the worst day because I'm like, we've lost a top performer yeah. you know, and someone who's been so instrumental on the, on the team. But for me, even for myself, selfishly thinking about it, like the most significant promotion I've ever had was moving into uh, an AE role from SDR. I think it just made such a big impression on me. And it just, it, it was, it was so huge. And I think that's a consistent theme with a lot of folks who I've spoken to, but to come back to your, your question more specifically, I think first and foremost, it's, 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 it's really understanding every individual SDRs, like why, like what is their motivator? Like where, like, like, why are they, firstly, why are they here and, and where are they trying to get to? We have some folks who don't know whether they want to be an AE, whether yeah. they want to go into enablement, whether they want to go into customer success, whatever the case may be. And so 
I very much encourage them. Like I never want to prescribe what they should do. Like we, we work in flat organizations, go talk to people in those areas of the business is understand what their day to day is, what their month to month is like, what the, the challenges and wins they, and they have from being in their role. And then, you know, when you get to the nine month mark in the SDR org, let's, let's make a call and be like, okay, firstly, where do you have aspirations to go to move into? How, what has your performance been like? If things are going great, well, then let's actually start working on a plan to get you into that area of the business. So what I would then do is, is um, approach the, uh, the managers of those particular organizations and identify like here, where the, are the key gaps that you see um, from SDRs moving into your parts of the business? Like where do you, are the areas you want them to focus on most? And then we'll, we'll look at, um, um, typically those areas would be around kind of like, you know, deeper discovery, demoing, and, you know, the negotiations and stuff can come a little bit later on but a lot of it is deal execution so we're working now on putting certifications in place to help people and um, fill those gaps that they don't have as being an sdr but are are necessary for them to be successful in, in this role whatever it may be so when i think about ae if someone who's going to go into the world of ae we need to um and get them set up on demo certifications true discovery and certifications and then also maybe introduce them to some smaller deals to run with um, to get their toes wet and so on. In the world of CS, it's a little bit different. Um, naturally, uh, the conversations are different versus selling. Uh, however, there needs to be a lot more kind of consultative-based conversations. And so we, I, um, the, the, the goal is to put some certifications in place for that, um, but we're still at the, at the early stages of that. So I think certifications are a great stamp of approval to say that this person is working on these skills, these you know discovery skills, demoing skills, and and kind of deal execution skills, and then also for the CS side of things, consultative based skills as well. Uh, we have a very similar approach, so we, we call it the Operatics Academy. Uh, I think for the AEPs, so we, we are working on the AEPs. So we don't do AE ourselves. We, we've got a few salespeople, and, and in fact, all of our sales team is are people that have been successful in our BDRs, DRT that are moving to our sales team. And, you know, there are AEs for operatics, but our, our requirement for AEs is probably a couple of years, you know, uh, maximum, maybe three. Uh, and that may increase in the future. But with the level of people, with 300 people, you've got much more people that wants to progress to AE. So we've got three roles for maybe 20 people that would want to become AE during that year. So what we've been thinking of doing is saying, well, if those people want to become AE, and, and I know the feeling of, oh, you are a great resource and you want to leave me, you want, but at the same time, I feel like you, it's like, we've done something together. You've been a great soldier. You worked really hard. You did some great stuff. You helped us to have a great relationship with customers. You deserve the next step. We should all work together. And if, if it's not within our organization, within operatics, we should help you to find a, a good place to get into. And unfortunately, we've been, you know, our guys, when they start looking for a job, they just get A's money, they're like, oh, they just go, okay? Yeah. Um, and they often don't end up in the right company. They end up doing a BDR-SDR job for six months and they've been promised the AE role, but there is no real training. There is no certification like you guys have. So, and then things change, maybe a round of financing is not coming. So they're not really, and they always come back to us saying, yes. I was promised the role and got absolutely nothing pretty much. And I'm still an SDR-BDR. So, to try to avoid that, we kind of listed a few clients that we know value human capital as much as we do. And we are vetting them and checking them and understanding how they're going to move those people, not only from junior AEs to, you know, enterprise AEs, but even potentially further. Have they done it in the past? Do they have a structure? And then we have a program where one of the things that we want to implement is actually understanding the life of an AE. 
Okay, because I think when you are an SDR, BDR, you've got that sort of um, satisfaction on a daily basis, you know, that little bit of um, uh, oxytocin in your body when you've got like a short-term success, you book a meeting with someone or you uh, an opportunity is, is, is identified with someone and that can happen pretty much every day. So every day you can come back home with a, yes, I've done it. If you are an AE and you're selling complex stuff, you may have, the oxytocin doesn't exist anymore because you spend 18 months trying to close that deal or even if it's 12 months, and by the time you close it, you're exhausted. Yeah. And you just don't feel anything. 100%. So we try to really, so that's one of the examples, but we really try to tell them, look, okay, that looks super pretty. That looks super shiny. But let's look at the other side, the dark side of the role, because you need to understand what you are stepping into. Do you really want to do that? So, and as part of the courses, we'll try to have to work with our customers so we can have A's to come and speak about what they are doing but not in a, in a show-off way, in the way of this is why the job is different. This is why this is when my mental health was not great. This is what this and that. And, you know, people really open up about, about, about the experience. And we hope that <laughs> it's like the Navy SEAL. We, we think that probably around 30% of the people that will sign up for the course yes. will just say, you know what, I'm going to go back to do a SDR, BDR for another six months and then we'll see again. But then the people that will stick with it within the course, then we will invest in them like you guys do and maybe do like a, a three to six months course to get them to an AE. And when they get there, we can then transfer them to a client that can take them as an AE. So almost becoming like a, not a resourcing company because I don't think we have the scale to become a resourcing company, but um, a conveyor belt of talents. And then we've, we've done 15 download promotion in the last 18 months within yeah. operatics, you know? So, so that's not bad because 18 months ago, we were 120 people in the organization. So it's pretty much 50% of what we started with that has been promoted internally, but it's not enough. Sure. You know? and, and people want to promote quickly. Now, my last question for you, Dave, is the time frame. So you and I have been in the business for a little while. And do you think the expectation in terms of time frame to progress within organization is becoming shorter and shorter? Yeah, it's a good question. So um, it varies a lot. You know, as I mentioned, there are some organizations where it's like a three-year promotion before you're closing deals. Others, it's, you know, maybe nine months. Um, I think, so your, your question is, is it getting shorter? Is the expectation uh, shorter? So I'm, I'm talking about yeah. the, not, not the company, but the expectation yeah. of the individual with someone is joining you. Yes. With no, the it's... same frame shorter than it was five years ago in terms of their expectation to be promoted to something else, if they are doing a good job. Yeah. I wonder, is it a generation thing that they just want results? They want things now. I um, don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem saying it. Yeah. No, uh, no, no. I think a lot of it does depend on the, the, on the complexity of the product itself. Um, I think if you're selling a, a true enterprise, very technical based product for uh, an, an SDR straight out of college, for example, to expect to go into this, um, into a closing role, you know, 12 months in where you're dealing with super technical people at a very high level for potentially multi-million dollar deals is it's not a reality. Uh, I think a lot of it does come um, does relate to, the, I suppose, the environment and the con context of the product you are selling. Um, I think that like my, I, I have my view on like a sweet spot and, and, and I will always convey like th that the teams that I've managed that, you know, nothing is going to like no promotion is going to happen in, in less than 12 months. Yeah. But if, but if you're still in this seat, you know, um, in 24 months, there's a problem like this. It's, it's not good for you. It's not good for me. Uh, it's not good for the company. Okay. Like, and so it, my sweet spot is somewhere between 12 and 18 months. And, 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 and I, will, I don't want to say that's exactly when it's going to happen with a team, sure. but I think that is, 
it, it, when I think about uh, a company that is um, fast moving scale up, likely have very kind of large, big, audacious goals, and uh, which require an SDR profile that runs a million miles an hour in terms of like activity and effort. I think in my mind, 18 months around that period is like, that's the time that we could probably use that energy to, to its fullest. Yeah. Um, and I'm a true believer of promoting SDRs because it, it relates to things that you said, the opportunity cost of bringing someone externally in versus promoting an SDR is just, it's huge because the SDR has not only the, the, the kind of the, the product knowledge and so on, but they have this, just undeniable like uh, f- attention to detail and hunger with not leaving any loose ends and um, which can translate really well to deal execution. What I mean by that is if they get a sniff of blood in the water, uh, they'll just be on it straight away. Or if like they will never let a conversation end without a next step being in the calendar confirmed and so on. Whilst, you know, maybe AEs that are coming from different organizations where, um, you know, some organizations might sell differently. Some organizations, they might, uh, you know, uh, be okay with not having a next step on a call and so on, because they've seen that they, you know, a call does happen in the end. That's a challenge. So yeah, I've seen, we've seen a, not only a gong, but the last two companies I've been with as well, that the true success stories um, uh, have been those folks that we've promoted from the SDR org within. What, what, what I like about um, what you said is setting up expectation. You know, yeah. from the beginning, from the interview process, when they start, when they're onboarded, and just say, look, if you expect anything in less than 12 months, you, you won't get it here. You know, you, you may if you are absolutely exceptional, but it's such, you would be such an anomaly that I don't even want to speak about it. So setting up expectation, I think, is key. I guess the problem we've got is the recruiters potentially getting into their inbox and say, well, you know, you've been there for nine months, you've not progressed, are you considering, you know, doing some stuff? And we've seen this message because they get, forwarded to us when we've got people in the team that are, look, I'm not interested in moving, but just so you know, this is what, that's their pitch. But um, I think we covered most of the topic, really. So I want to thank you for your insight, Dave. I think yes. you've been very, 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 very good to, to us today and to our audience. You gave us a lot of um, tips, executable things that we can do, particularly around the interview process and what to look for. Um, I think that's super important. I love what you had to say also about um, about the certification. I think that's so good that you've got that in place. And really, I would encourage any organization to do the same thing. Just make sure that you don't promote people just because they are good at the previous role into a new role. That doesn't mean that they will be good. You could turn an A player into a C player very easily. Sure. So don't do that. But yeah, I want to thank you for your time and your insight today. It was wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you very much, Orion. I lo- really love the chat. And uh, yeah, fo- I follow a lot what operatics do as well. Uh, yeah, Katarina has been great to deal with as well and uh, look forward to continuing the partnership and so on and hopefully meeting uh, in person at some stage soon. Yeah, we should have, we should come to Dublin. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, bring your drink, bring your drinking jacket as we say. <laughs> yeah, I should be there actually in September, I think. So I'll, I'll give you a call. Please do. Absolutely. 100%. Thank you so much for your time, Dave. Thank you. All the best. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. This podcast is sponsored by Gong. Gong empowers your entire go-to-market organization by operationalizing your most valuable asset, your customer interactions. Transform your organization into a revenue machine by unlocking reality and helping your people reach their full potential. Get started now at gong.io.